Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hey folks, I just want to throw in a quick little commercial here for our upcoming Mentors Series classes. For those of you who have been enjoying our Advanced Homeopathy classes, you will be so excited to find out that we are proud to bring the teaching talents of both my original mentors to you. We will begin our series with Dr. Douglas Brown as he teaches us about the Mineral Kingdom. Dr. Brown has a wonderful way of bringing this foundational kingdom to life for his students. He has studied the work of Rajan Sankaran and Jan Scholten and is excited to share with us the Homeopathy for Mommies Advanced members <laughs> or anyone who's interested in homeopathy. His love of homeopathy and the simplicity of the Mineral Kingdom following the periodic chart. Each month, we will be having another class by either Dr. Brown or Dr. Barbara Lowry, who also teaches the sensation to synergy method, and she is a fantastic, fantastic teacher. I have learned so much under her guidance, and she has helped me for the last 10 years as well. This system of sensation to synergy is one which both of these fantastic teachers will do justice to. So feel free to revisit the first of our advanced classes so that you're ready for the upcoming series or just jump in and enjoy the series alone. If you are someone who loves homeopathy and has a desire to understand God's created world through homeopathy in an orderly fashion, you will love what we are about to present. So go to homeopathyformommies.com and click the online training to sign up. It's that simple. You will not be sorry you did it. Enjoy your classes. God bless. Hope to see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer, and I am here today with my dear friend, Doug Brown from Portland, Oregon. He is, well, let's put it this way. I met Doug at the seminar that him and some other homeopaths have put together back in 2010 in Portland with Dr. Sujit Chatterjee. And like I said, myself and a couple of my friends, we were all students. We went out there and and the seminar at that time was it, was, it was about cancer. And like I said, we were totally over our heads. But I made a fast friend with Dr. Brown here, Doug Brown. <laughs> and I am forever thankful. He has been such a, a great help to me. And he will be teaching in our upcoming mentor series about the periodic table. And I'm going to let him tell you about that. I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to him because he's going to tell us about this, this, this little the seminars that he is teaching. And I want, but first of all, I want you to hear a little bit about his history and how he came to be an amazing homeopath, uh, an amazing friend. And so without further ado, Doug Brown. Thank you, Sue. Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to uh, share with all of the circle of people you've inspired uh, to learn about homeopathy. Um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be part of the journey with you. Um, my journey began when I was working as a nurse practitioner. Um, I should back up and say I, I was educated at Yale. I went to the, became a family nurse practitioner. I graduated from Yale as a nurse practitioner. It was in 1987. And I was really excited about the tools that I had learned. I was excited to go out and help people, to 
diagnose and treat illness through a service. And for the first few years, I was very, very happy and contented with the work I was doing. I did see people get better, especially from acute illnesses. I was just so glad to be able to prescribe medicines which seem to help people get over acute illnesses. And, but you know, the more I worked and the more I was confronting the issues of chronic illness, people with chronic pain, diabetes, kidney problems, heart problems, um, uh, autoimmune difficulties, uh, depression, not to mention the, the mental illnesses, the depression, the anxiety, and, and more serious mental illnesses. Um, I became, I felt more and more challenged, uh, and over time became a bit disenchanted, I think is the best word, because I found myself prescribing more and more medications, ordering lots and lots of tests, saddling patients with the burden of the expenses of these medications and tests as well as the side effects of these medications. And it became less and less satisfying. My patients were bonded with me and I enjoyed those connections, but I just felt more and more like I wasn't getting to the root of their issues. And it was very clear working with people that things were tied together that what was going on in the mental sphere and in the physical sphere were connected. That my patients who were working in factories or cutting meat and meat processing plants and developing chronic musculoskeletal problems, that was connected also to their sense of depression and despair or anxiety. These weren't separate issues. Yet in the medical model, we're taught to create a problem list. It's always at the beginning of the chart, a problem list. And we list these things as if they're sort of discrete or separate issues. Like, okay, one problem is that they have, say, tendonitis. And then the next problem is maybe that they have peptic ulcer disease. And the next problem is that maybe they have depression. And this problem list sort of gives, is an expression of a way of thinking that the body and the mind is kind of a machine with things that break down that we need to attack chemically or treat chemically to fix the machine. And it doesn't naturally yield to a deeper perspective of the whole of the person and how that the body is expressing its dis-ease or distress in a way that encompasses together these physical and mental and emotional manifestations and that we have to understand how they're all linked. And um, so, Intuitively, I was, I was feeling this, although I, I couldn't articulate it back then. I just knew I was feeling more and more dissatisfied with what I was being called upon to do within the conventional medical system. Oh. So this, this became kind of a crisis for me, a midlife crisis, you could say. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But at the time, I had a two-year-old son who uh, developed a very, very bad ear infection. And I did what I had been taught to do. I put him on amoxicillin. And the ear infection didn't get better. It got worse. So I switched, again, just relying on my training. I switched antibiotics. I put him on trimethoprim sulfa, septuagliptin. And he got even sicker. Wow. So, you know, and his eardrums were really red and bulging. And he had a fever. And this was going on for days. And he wasn't eating. And he was getting dehydrated. And he was absolutely miserable. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and bring him to an ear, nose, and throat doc to do the tympanostomy. But at the time, I had also been researching 
the effect, long-term effects of the tympanostomy of the ear tubes. I've read that in some children, the scarring produced by that can produce some long-term hearing loss. I was a little, a little reluctant to do that, but yet my child was up. So I was in a kind of a desperate place. And a friend of mine suggested I bring my son to a homeopath. <laughs> I scoffed at that idea. Uh, those little white pills, those little sugar pills, those are fine if someone has a little runny nose, but my son is really, really sick. You don't understand. Right. But my friend insisted or persisted, and uh, in spite of my thick-headedness, I, out of desperation, I went to bring my son to a homeopath. Oh and God. I was really incredulous. I was very skeptical. I went to, he was an Indian doctor. He had a lot of experience, I've learned later, with very serious illnesses back in India, malaria, typhoid fever, dengue, really, really wow. skilled. But at the time, in my ignorance, I thought that the questions he was asking me had nothing to do with the fact that my son was really ill. And so, but I, I felt I was humoring him. He, he gave me um, this little bottle of pills that he said was from the Belladonna. Deadly nightshade. You're, you mean you want me to give my son poison something from a poisonous plant? And he said, "Don't worry. You know its potency is so low. It won't hurt him." <laughs> so I said, "Okay." I was desperate, and I gave my son the Belladonna, and it really seemed to me like a miracle. Wow! Just over the course of a few hours, his fever went down. He stopped crying. He began drinking and eating, and oh you know, by the next day, he was like 90% better. And by two or three days, it was as if he had never been sick. I was a bit pig-headed and stubborn, and I thought this must have just been a coincidence. He must have just had a viral infection that would have gotten better on its own. Because when I read about homeopathy, it just seemed so preposterous. Law of similars, you give something that matched the illness. It just seemed so counterintuitive. Not only that, of course, and then the fact that we're giving these uh, such low doses that there's not even a single molecule of the original substance left. <laughs> so this was this was totally mind blowing, right? What possible rational person could embrace theory of medicine that had these two principles: one that you you give something that would that would be similar to what the person had, and number two that you give it in such a tiny dose that you couldn't even detect it and cure it. It just seemed completely preposterous. I was a scientific kind of person. <laughs> you still are. You still are. <laughs> oh, that's well, nice. anyway, about about six months later, my poor son got another ear infection. I called Dr. Dev again in what we then called long distance, remember those days. And uh, <laughs> I explained the situation to Dr. Dev, and he said, well, it sounds like he needs another dose of Belladonna. Can you get it there? I said, I probably can. And I did, and I gave it to Russell and immediately again he just responded like instantly. Oh, that's amazing. In such a in such a direct way that it became impossible for me to be blind to this phenomenon that was real. Wow. So that allowed me to overcome my cognitive dissonance. Began self-study, as Sue has done a lot. <laughs> I understand the self-study thing. And I, I began, you know, I began sneaking remedies into the clinics where I was employed as a nurse practitioner. Oh my goodness. And occasionally asking patients if they would be open to wow. taking a remedy instead of the conventional treatment. And once in a while they did. And once in a while, in spite of my inexperience, I happened to get it right. 
and I would see these miracles repeat themselves. Wow. So that, that sort of lit a fire. Then I was led to meet another acquaintance, said, oh, you really need to meet this psychiatrist who practices treating really mentally ill people with Wow. I did. I met him for lunch. His name was also Brown. Brown. He's no longer in practice. He's retired now. And he practiced across the river here in Vancouver, Washington. We wow. met for lunch. This is, you know, more than 22, 23 years ago. And he said, I can say this now since he's retired. He said, you can't tell any of my colleagues because I could get my medical license taken away. <laughs> but yes, I have seen some amazing results treating people with schizophrenia, serious mental homeopathy. And this was a particularly special interest of mine, treating mental illness. Wow. And so I said, I, I got to learn. I really got to learn this. So he recommended that I go to the Hanuman College. Sure. At the time, was being taught by you know, Roger Morrison and Nancy Harris, Jonathan Shore, you know, the, the best homeopaths wow. in North America at the time. And, and um, so, so I went. I went there for four years, and, and my life has been radically changed ever since. No kidding. That is just amazing. So one of the things that our listeners are, uh, want to understand, and you, we actually put this, you, we have a little bit of a bio on our website about you know, your history here. And you mentioned the triturations. And I remember when I came to Portland, you had actually just been through approving a study of approving of a particular element. So anyway, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with these triturations and provings and, and what this has meant to you in your career, because I know it's, it's huge. Everyone who's been through proving, and you can tell them what a proving is, because if they're not a regular um, person that understands homeopathy, they might not even know what it is. But tell us a little bit about why this is such a huge part of, of your practice. Sure. Yeah, provings. So I want to start off by just saying that in the German language, of course, Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, is German. There are two different verbs for to know. Right, so there's the, the German word wissen, which is I know, Christ, Jesus, or I know this. And there's also the, the verb kennen, kennstu, I know you, I know you, I know who you are. So the realm of provings belongs more to the latter, that kennen. How do I, do I really know you in a deep, heart-inclusive, soul-inclusive way? Do I really know you? Where this is more like I know I know the facts about you. Right? Okay. So the way we understand what a remedy is, what it can treat, is by ultimately by taking it ourselves. We really know a remedy when we take it ourselves. And and the way our knowledge of remedies has grown from the very beginning from the time of Samuel Hahnemann is he took he made substances into a remedy, somehow using his technology, his 18th century technology, to distill the energetic essence of a plant or a mineral or an animal. And he, 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 allowed, him, he allowed that energy to come into himself so he could feel it and know it in that canon kind of way. Okay. And then over a period of time, he would, be, he would go into a place of self-observation. And, and journal. What did he feel? And he would he would 
have his children involuntarily participate and other colleagues participate voluntarily, of course, writing down their symptoms over the course of some time. It would vary. And so these collected observations, our proving results, became the germ of the Materia Medica. Materia Medica refers to our knowledge of what a remedy is about. So, for example, if you take the, the remedy made from China, cinchona, the bark of the cinchona tree, which at the time was being used for malaria, so it was known as the great malarial remedy. He noticed this was his first proving. When he took that, he developed chills and fever intermittently. Wow. It's like he was suffering from malaria. This is what led him to the discovery of these principles on the opportunity of life. Here's one. Right. So approving, again, just to summarize, is when we intentionally open ourselves up to the influence of a remedy and become very self-aware about what symptoms at all levels, mind, emotion, physical, come up. And then we use that then as the basis for prescribing the remedy when someone spontaneously, without having taken that remedy, presents in our consultation in our office and says, this is what I'm suffering from. So, so our Materia Medica has grown tremendously in terms of the number of remedies. You know, Hahnemann practiced very successfully with 30, 40, 50 remedies. Right. And now we have maybe close to 5,000 remedies. It's hundredfold increase in the number yes. of remedies. And theoretically, there's no limit to the number of remedies we can have because really anything in our universe could be a remedy. Right. Any, any element, any plant, any animal, even imponderables, x-rays, moonlight, they're all potentially remedies. Yes. But how do we know what they can do? Well, we have to go through this process. And you know, now there are actually several ways we can do this. The, the way Hahnemann did it, what we call proving, I've described. But another way that has developed over the last 20 years, which I've done more of than proving, is what we call a trituration. So whereas a proving usually goes over the course of several weeks, the trituration can be compressed into maybe two long weekends or two weekends. And a trituration is where a group of home, usually homeopaths or homeopaths and supporters come together and actually make the remedy using the mortar and pestle, make the remedy together, and again, psychologically open ourselves to the effect of the remedy and take notes over the course of a weekend as we make the remedy, as we go through the process of grinding the substance with milk sugar and diluting it and so forth. What comes up? So this is what I've done more of. The first proving I did, which was more of a conventional proving, was one actually led by Nancy Herrick. Okay. Um, who's one of my teachers at Harvard College. So I participated in the proving of mandragora, an andrake plant, which is wow. one of the Solanaceae plants. Very intense experience, actually. It was not an easy experience. Oh, very I can't good. imagine it was. <laughs> very dark. Very dark. I'll never forget. Really? Yeah. Um, but over time, I became more interested in some of the animal remedies, especially bird remedies. And so then I, I participated and led a trituration uh, from a feather of a condor, the end of the condor. Oh my goodness. So are you in Jonathan Shore's book here? Uh, you know, that particular book. I think uh, condor is in here. Is, it con is condor in there? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
my proving is not in there. I have a case in that book of Macaw. Oh, okay. Trout and Macaw. Oh, that's but awesome. I believe my my uh, my curation of Condor was done after the publication of that book. I believe. Okay. Uh, there, there's actually two or three different iterations of that remedy. Here's the, the Scarlet Macaw. Yeah. Oh, yes. comments by Doug Brown. <laughs> I did not know that. I read this book all the time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's great book. Jonathan was such a great leader. You know, this is an awesome book. I really like it a lot. Really great book. That is amazing. And in the last, in the last five, six years or so, uh, I became very interested in fish remedies because I felt that, uh, although we have a number of remedies from the sea, especially right. the mollusk family, um, we didn't have many remedies from fish. I felt it was an unrepresented group. So I began my own curations of fish remedies. So in the last five, six years, I've wow. been a curation with some colleagues of uh, sturgeon, the remedy is called Acepenser transmontanus, of tuna, Oh my goodness. Thunus, thunus. And then also, more recently, I did a proving of the guppy, Coecilia oh. reticulata. Oh my goodness. So not all of these have yet been published. Okay. Um, but these are really, really, really interesting provings. And in the last few years, I've actually had fascinating cases where fish remedies were, were curative. And I just feel like I've only just now begun to fully understand wow. what, what that energy is about. And how it manifests in human consciousness. So, that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's very that's very exciting. <laughs> we'll have to hear more about that in the future classes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is just great. I um, yeah, like I said, that, I remember when you told you were telling us just briefly a little bit about your experience, like because you had just done the um, the sturgeon at that time, and I was really I was very amazed about that. So. It, it, some of I know in all your travels and all your experiences, you've met so many doctors from around the world. You know, it, it, is there any particular um, experience that really, you know, speak, stands out right now? Because I know when you're talking, you're going to talk about the mineral, the periodic chart, and the mineral remedies. And you mentioned Jan Schulten, and you had another doctor on that paper at this time. And I wasn't familiar with that name, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about you know your experience with doctors from around the world? Thanks. Yeah, that's one of the great blessings of, of uh, my my path is that it has led me to meet some amazing healers around the world, and I've been very very blessed. Very, you know, invited to teach also in France and Slovakia and Russia. Um, I did also some volunteer work in teaching Haiti. Um, I'm on the board of directors of, a, of an organization called The Promise of Health. So I work closely with a, a, a doctor in Mexico, in southern Mexico, Oaxaca, and I spent some time in her clinic with her. Um, yeah, a lot of amazing, amazing healers. Uh, I think one of my favorite uh, encounters and friendships is with an Indian homeopath named Dinesh Chauhan. I think you know him, right? I attended a seminar that he taught with Jaya Shah up in the mountains of, of the Himalayas of northern India. We were in a, a little town called Nagar, right up in the mountains. Incredible place. And I got introduced to his, his idea of what he calls case witness. And I just love that term, you know, because normally we talk when we meet a patient about like taking their case 
Right. It seems very, you know, if you're just thinking about that language, we're taking something, it's like extractive, we're pulling something out of them. And that's not really, that doesn't really get at what we do. That's true. I, I love Dinesh's term case witnessing. That is, we're really walking the path along with somebody and we're witnessing their experience. And so Dinesh has taught me a lot. He's great. And uh, other people have taught me a lot. Uh, Jan Schulten, the Dutch homeopath, is, I think, a real ground. He's a genius, I think. He's broken new ground for us in terms of getting to the periodic table. Right. You know, I think he is, you know how Mendeleev in chemistry, he's the, there are many, he had many predecessors in terms of the idea of laying out the elements in a right. system. Way, but it's Mendeleev who we really credit with the creating creation of the periodic table. Okay. And uh, and we'll talk about this in, in the seminar that we're going to do together. Right. But one of the ways in which Mendeleev was such a genius is that he was able to come up with the idea that if you know the position of an element in the periodic table, you can you can predict what some of its properties may be. Okay. Scholten similarly in homeopathy said if we know the position of an element in the periodic table. And make it into a remedy based on the position of the periodic table, we can predict what some of its properties will be in terms of the mind of the patient who needs it. And, and his predictions turned out to be incredibly accurate. Exactly. <laughs> so, so is an amazing genius. I have learned so much, also, I can't neglect to say I've learned so much from Rajan Sankaran in India. I've, spent, I've gone to India several times to study with him and his colleagues, Dinesh is one of them. Learned so much from Indian homeopath. Wow. I've learned a lot from um, a Slovakian homeopath and friend named Vladimir Kukuchi. Uh -huh. I opportunity to get to know him by teaching there in this school. Wow. So I've been very, very lucky to do a bit of international travel and meeting colleagues. That's amazing. Just yeah. amazing. Well, I think, like you said, I, I know Dinesh, I, everybody knows I talk about Dinesh all the time. and one of the things that struck me is when he was because uh, i was at that the same seminar yes. in stillwater here that's where i met you know i okay. also met you and there as well and but one of the things as a student that i took away from that seminar that just always stuck with me was that he said that if, if you witness a case <laughs> and you walk away with nothing no personal healing you haven't taken the case properly and i was just like it just it really you know, that resonated with me and sometimes i feel like you know what I didn't do that right because mm -hmm. I just, I was too mechanical. I wasn't, it wasn't, there was part of me that wasn't engaged or listening the right way. And you know it when you walk away, you know? So it is very, that's amazing. So go ahead and tell us, I know kind of, I suppose the time is getting a little short on us here, but uh, you have been gracious enough to agree to teach, teach some classes with our homeopathy for mommy's website and all of our students that love to learn more about homeopathy. And who knows how far this will go? You know, it, it, we started out this advanced homeopathy classes as is basically something to satisfy those who want to know more about homeopathy. But like I said, even um, even the you know CHC is like they're looking at us, going, "Hey, what are you guys doing over there?" <laughs> so we don't know how far it's going to go. But the the classes that you and um, Barbara Lowry will be teaching are known as the mentor classes because you two have been my mentors over the last eleven years, and so I'm really excited about it. And I. We've asked you to start, and I will say that it's kind of um, when you agreed to teach the mineral remedies, the mineral kingdom. To me, I remember when I was learning under you, and you, 
that was such a foundation for me. And it, to me, it only makes sense that this comes first because once you understand the mineral kingdom, everything else seems to fall into place. And so, and I, and you were such a great teacher. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about how, how you're going to go about teaching this class. And um, so, you know, like I said, anyone out there that's interested in these classes, it's just, it's, you know, if you have an interest in homeopathy, um, I can't say enough that, you know, Dr. Brown, uh, Doug Brown <laughs> is like the best teacher ever. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. That's so kind. But you're so right. The, the minerals are the, the elements of the foundation, right? It's difficult to really get a handle on plants and animals until you understand the elements of which plants and animals are made of. Exactly. And uh, so we need to start with the elements. Yeah, so my idea is to share how an understanding of the periodic table can really aid our prescribing. One reason is that our traditional tools of repertory and materia medica are not always adequate to, to match the variety of experience that people have. We have such a, humanity is so fascinating. Oh, we yeah. are so different. Everyone is a unique individual. Of course, homeopathy is based on an appreciation of our unique individuality. Right. And and so not only do we all need our own remedy, but we also sometimes need our own way of, under, of being understood. Now, some people's states can be readily understood through the repertory. And it makes sense to be good, good with the repertory to treat those people. But other people you'll find, the repertory doesn't necessarily lead to a good understanding or choice of remedies, which really matches, one of which doesn't really match the patient. So then we need to have some other tools. And I find the periodic table to be really, really useful. Even actually when the repertory helps us nail a remedy, if we can then also consider the remedy from a periodic table, the person from a periodic table point of view, it will greatly help our understanding of the forces that work within the psyche of that individual. Right. So, so with that in mind, um, so the first session, I believe we scheduled it for July 16th. Correct. Uh, uh, seven to nine o'clock central time. So in that session, I'm going to talk about the, the periodic table as a reflection of the human psyche. And we're going to focus that evening on the, the first and the second rows of the periodic table. The first row, of course, being hydrogen and helium. And then the second row from lithium all the way through neon. All of those elements, we're going to, we're going to take a look at how those elements, if those are the states which a patient uh, is expressing how each of those elements, how that might manifest. In the oh, that's amazing. So, so yeah, that's that's going to be our introduction. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it I am too. Fascinating uh, elements. And then the next session will be on August 13th, I think is that right? Soon, yeah. August 13th, yeah. same time, 7 to 9 central time. So we're going to then go into the third row of the periodic table. These are the elements from sodium, natrium, as we say. Oh, that's a, that's a big study. <laughs> right? Yes. All the way through argon, which is the inert gas at the end of the wow. third row. So that it turns out the elements of the third row are all about the development of individual identity and self-acceptance. Huge, huge issues for so many of our patients. And that's why these right. Remedies like natrium muriaticum and sulfur and phosphorus, magnesium. Why all of these are these are all third row elements, and they all have to do with that theme. So, oh, looking at how all of these elements 
relate to that theme of self-acceptance. So that's it's probably the most used group of remedies in the world of homeopathy. I you think know, so. It is. And yeah. so like you said, it's just, it's such a huge subject that, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the third row gets, a, gets an evening all to itself. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. And then, and then the next month in August, uh, I'm sorry, in September, September 17th, I believe is the evening. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about elements of the fourth row. So oh. the, the leftmost element of the fourth right. row, if you reach back into your high school chemistry, is Cali <laughs> or potassium, right? And, the, and we're going to go from Cali or potassium all the way to Krypton. Wow. No Superman, no Superman but we're going to talk about <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because a lot of that language is there. You know, yes, the, the whole Kryptonium. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, people don't appreciate that once they, they learn it, you know, and find out about it. And those elements relate to the theme of work and caste and duty. Security is a big word for the fourth row. Uh, the community, one's place in the community. So we're going to talk about those elements, though. And the, you know, the biggest elements there, of course, are the cal calicarbonicum, calcarea carbonicum. Another, another huge group of remedies, yes. Huge group of remedies that are very important in our practice. So... So that's September. And then in October, that final class, we're going to talk about the heavier elements. So elements from the fifth row, which have to do with creativity, uh, to the sixth row, which have to do with power versus powerlessness. Those are amazing remedies as well. Yeah. Well, if someone comes in on the first class, they're not going to want to miss any of them. <laughs> because like I said, each, it's, it's just the progression. You know, and I know that you can't remember the language that you had used. See, my language is a little bit different because of my, like you said, my, my um, creationism belief. But I, like you said, I always tell people what I love about the periodic chart is the fact that it is so orderly. And like you said, it starts up with hydrogen, the, the lightest and, you know, um, of all elements. And then as it progresses down off to the right, you know, as it, you know, down and off the you know, the, the heaviness, the atomic weight of each element and the destruction type language of each one. And like I said, it's, it's so orderly that I just, I just love it. It's literally a chart of God's orderly world. And that's the way I see it. And it's helped me so much to understand everything, just everything. There's um, such a beauty to it. There's a beauty it to the order, isn't there? Oh, yes, it is. There's a, there is a divine intelligence. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, it is. It's just, and like I said, once you understand this, I always, I, I, I tease, I always say that I'm a mineral. I mean, I, I, I'm a mineral. I always respond really, really well to mineral remedies. But in truth, because I'm such a chatterbox, I probably would, you know, have an affinity to a certain plant that grows strong in like potassium because I'm very Cali. <laughs> in many ways, in yeah. many ways. Oh, I'm a nut. <laughs> you know, I talk big and I'm, I'm always saying things like, you know, oh, Oh, I can do this. I can do that. But I always have someone right beside me. I always have to have a buddy in any endeavor I ever try. <laughs> so, so that I'm totally dependent. <laughs> so yeah, I laugh. And the people that when they start learning these, these, these remedies really well, they're going to laugh about that as well. They're going to say, Oh, so you are a nut. <laughs> and it's not being a nut. It's just that, you know, it's like that because potassium at Cali is, oh, is a salt. It's always going to have you know, they have the anion, the cation, and so you, and you'll explain all that, of course, in our classes, but it's just, it's funny, because I have to have that companionship in my world, no matter what I do, it's, it's funny, and 
Oh, I always tell my husband, you're lucky because I love having a companion. <laughs> he just laughs at me, you know. He's just like, but yes, it's very fascinating study and I'm really, really excited about this upcoming training. And um, So I, I guess with that, is there anything you would like to add? Anything, do you have any special books that you would like people to consider having on hand? Or I know I have a couple of books here that uh, I know I tell people, you know, like that Rajan's book on structure is really good. It's, it's actually a, a two-part two mm -hmm. That's really good. I also have Jan Schulten's. I've got a couple of his element books. I have the Homeopathy and Minerals, and then I also have Homeopathy and the Elements by Jan Schulten. Those are two other books. Is there anything else that you consider really good um, study material for people to maybe... That's probably sure? way more than enough for most people to start with. There are a couple of other books. Um, it's a book about the periodic table. Okay. By Joshi Bawisha, B H A W I S H A, Bawisha Joshi. Very okay. About the periodic table. Okay. And then um, there's another book, I think it's by Daya Shah, S H A H, called Into the Periodic Table, which is a great look specifically at the second row elements. The book's the two volume book by Sankaran called Structure. Excellent starting material there. And, and of course, Shulton's book on the elements is excellent. Yeah, that, that's very detailed and it's like a lot of cases and things. I, right. Yeah, that's, I, I use it a lot now for my references, but yeah. to learn, I love that structure book. And it's so funny because I only have volume one now. I've, I've borrowed volume two out and I, well, the rest of the elements I don't know anything about. <laughs> that's cute. Well, I can't thank you enough for being with us here. It gives everyone the chance to understand, you know, hey, these classes, there's the real opportunity for learning some really, really neat stuff. And, um, you know, um, I wanted them to meet you because. Thank that, you, that, Sue. You know, I just so appreciate the opportunity. As you know, this is a, such a passion, the, the yeah. great passion of my life and just the opportunity to share it with interested folks. Yeah. It's a great and, and, and I know, you know, like myself and, you know, even though, yes, I'm, you know, now certified and everything all appropriate, you know, you know, upright and proper, I have so much to learn. And all of the people that study with me have so much, well, we never stop learning. Let's put it that never way. Never stop learning. I have so much to learn. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to say that. But, you know, like I said, I'm super excited about your classes because I will learn all over again. You know, just, and in, in you, I mean, you spent so many hours teaching me, but at the same time, I'm going to, it's just going to be a, a great refresher course. And then I'll always learn something new. So I'm really excited about it. So, all right. I guess with that, um, we can let you go and hope, and we'll see you on your first class, July 16th then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.